sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh boy, this is uh, this is crazy. I think we're we're recording on on successive weeks. We might we might be getting into a, a rhythm of some kind, Aaron. All right, let's not make promises. Okay, okay, no, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> making no promises, making uh, no promises, but but doing our darn tootinist. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are recording this in October of 2021. Uh, you are still I, in the snow. I'm still in the snow. I'm still out here in the Grand Tetons, and it yeah, it is snowing. Uh, Allie and I a- had a bit of a snowball fight yesterday, which was kind of fun up uh, up in Teton Pass. So, what elevation <laughs> is this that it's snowing in October? Oh yeah, well we are at uh, 6,500 feet, I think. And of course, okay. if we got to cross the mountains to get from here to Jackson Hole, so we're up then close to. I think 9,000 feet when we, when we go through the pass and that's wow. uh, there's been snow up there for a few days. And of course we can see the Tetons, which are at 11,000 and they are just absolutely stunningly gorgeous. This is, so we're in Grand I Teton, love, I love that I can area. ask, go ahead. I love that I can ask a question like that. I, and there is no doubt you will have the thorough answer of all the elevations. <laughs> you just, you just remember everything. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, oh, dear friends uh, offered us the use of their vacation home. They underplayed it. You know, they said, you know, go stay at our cabin. Holy smokes. So I'm in this gorgeous vacation home in a resort uh, that has a golf course and the clubhouse and all kinds of stuff. Um, and a beautiful, well-equipped kitchen. We're doing all our own cooking. It's a, it's a ways to the closest supermarket. I, I have, you know, had to deal with the challenge. Have you ever done this? You know, had to spend some time cooking in somebody else's kitchen and you're not familiar. You don't know what equipment they have. You can't find the damn dishes. You're not quite sure how the stove or the oven might work, what its idiosyncrasies are. It takes a few days to kind of settle in. Are, are you seriously, you're seriously asking me if I've ever done that? I do believe <laughs> I've done that. At my house. A hundred times in your kitchen (laughs) when your oven wasn't even working. So, yeah, Yeah. yeah, I've done that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's, oh, man, it's such a joy. And now here's here. We're only here for three more days. And I've got at least two weeks worth of food in the refrigerator that I know we're not going to be able to finish. And we can't take it, you know, back on the plane. I'm eating like crazy because I don't want to waste food. But uh, (laughs) anyway, that's it. That's it. Are you, are you doing any cooking? I am always doing cooking. I love uh-huh. cooking. But recently, I have finally bought a sous vide, oh. uh, which I had, I had looked at for so many years. And I'm so mad now that I didn't have it. I would have had two of them when I was cooking for six people every night. Yeah. It's yeah. so helpful. But uh, yeah, just... We have been experimenting the bacon breasts I've ever had. We've made cheesecake. We've made flan. Lots of desserts the kids are experimenting with. But I found a brisket that I forgot I had a couple days, three, four days ago. Uh, 
And so I have cooked that for 36 hours oh, in the mama. sous vide. Oh, mama. Two of them. And then I'm grilling one of them for three hours right now, uh, getting smoked. Oh. And the other one is being finished in the oven because we all want to experiment. I saw it both ways and we'll see. So oh. I'm excited. Oh, man, I wish I could be there for the taste test. I know it's coming up so soon. Let's get this segment done with. <laughs> yeah. oh. but no, I, we, so we, we, we have these things like we spent years working on smoking pork butt and we're like, okay, yeah. we've got that. We know yeah. how we do that. Yeah. And brisket's just too expensive to buy and mess around with. And it takes uh -huh. a long time. Sure. So I have been fairly disappointed every time we've tried. So I'm excited and I believe in this tonight. Okay. Yay, right. sous vide. Makes, <laughs> makes, makes me think that at one of our Samson gatherings, we ought to get, you know, some of our primo cooks, get Patrick Peters in there, get you in there, maybe do some kind of a cook-off or a yeah, barbecue, I don't know, rodeo thing. What can we do? Mm. Huh? I don't know, but I, I know John Blanks will be in. Okay. John right. was my inspiration for this. Was he really? He loves okay. to sous vide. Okay. Yes. He was the first time I actually experienced the how-to. So, yeah, let's have a cook-off. I mean, that's one thing I miss about 1980s church time <laughs> is chili cook-offs. I need a chili cook-off in my life. <laughs> and then dinner on the grounds. We're going to go way back. All right. Well, I don't know how many of our listeners we put to sleep, uh, but uh, it Wake up, because uh, we got an actual uh, rock and roll legend joining us on the show. Uh, yes, absolutely, we are. We're going to play some music, some, I don't know, some well, metal, this is gonna thrash, be just, hair. Uh, what, what do we call this music? No, no, this is, this. we're not playing that music. We're playing his new solo music. In fact, oh, okay. I think we should, I think we're going to start with I Still Believe. You're going to hear the story behind this song. But you're going to hear uh, three of his new solo songs. We're not even going to say who it is until we come back here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. For the wounded and the lost, we can never pay the cost that we owe. For a moment, see the names ditched on the wall. They defended one for all. You will not be forgotten By faith and hope in God above We stand together strong We honor those who died for us And answered freedom's call Upon this road to glory Together we are right An American old story that lives on deep inside We're founded on a nation Where all those can be free And in our stars and stripes I still believe On the beaches and the sand They would bleed on foreign land Freedom fly Through the dark Never counting it as loss So we lay it at the cross 
to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Well, it has taken a couple of weeks to make it happen, uh, and it's my fault. Golly, I just get lost in my schedule. So uh, our guest today is uh, uh, Michael Fian, who those of you who are fans of 90s Christian metal and, you know, the rock, Christian rock scene, CCM scene from then on. Uh, you'll, 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 if you don't know the name, you'll certainly know his work, and you've been endlessly patient um, thank you for hanging with us and coming back. Michael, welcome to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you for having me on. I'm honored. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I got to say, I'm, I'm excited to hear this story because uh, you played drums in White Cross, which was one of the handful of Christian bands that being a passionate young Christian in junior high and high school, I wanted to show all of my heathen friends some of the music I listened to. And Carmen just never cut it with them. And God bless him. <laughs> Carmen's a sweet guy, I'm sure. But, but How about I the Imperials? Could, the Imperials, I could, Aaron? <laughs> I could play your albums and people be like, all right, that's, that's real rock. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear the rest of the story because I don't know your story. But uh, get, give us some of this background of how you got to this place right now on the Gulf Coast, putting out a new solo album. But there's got to be something before that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, I grew up uh, in a military family. My dad was in the Air Force and both my mom and dad came straight from Ireland. So we were brought oh. up in a... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Where in Ireland, if I may ask? Do you know? uh, my, my dad was from Northern Ireland. He was from Armagh. Oh. Mm -hmm. And my mom was from Southern Ireland. 
Ooh. Um, County Galway. All right. Okay. Was yeah. it a Protestant Catholic split when they got married? No, which is kind of interesting. You would think it was like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both Catholic. Wow. Okay. okay. So, so you grew up in the Catholic Church with a military dad who was a, a sergeant. Right. This, I feel like there's some trauma that might be attached with shame or guilt or, or performance, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. You're seeing right through me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us yeah. about that. God bless my poor What was dad. that like? You know, for some reason, I got the music bug and growing my hair. And here was oh. this military. You know, so he was like, so we kind of butted heads for quite a while. Okay. Yeah. So that wasn't yeah. easy for him. Did you have siblings? I have one sister. One okay. younger sister. Yep. So did he make her get the crew cut or did... <laughs> on air was okay. no, no her nickname is the bull so she could stand up to my dad okay oh. <laughs> so so what was that butting heads like because i mean that's huge for a lot of us as we go through our journeys and then we think back to like wow that was some formative time of becoming a man or understanding manhood and here you were in that kind of conflict what did that look like and what did that shape in you uh, you know, it's, it's, I can think back to when I was prob, we were in Turkey at this time. We were stationed in, uh, Inselik, Turkey. Mm. And, and my mom and dad, they were, they're huge music lovers, not musicians. I think I have like one musician in my family. Uh, he's an accordion player in Ireland. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. But they were huge music lovers and, I remember like always like sitting down in the living room. My dad had the, the reel to reels and he had like, I remember listening to, to kiss alive, uh, like Rod Stewart really? really started getting that, that music bug. Yeah. Yeah. And so then some, I growing the hair out and he just, he hated that. And my <laughs> mom would try and be like, as long as he keeps it clean, just let him grow it. And then as long as he keeps it clean, <laughs> as long as he feeds the dog, then we'll keep it. <laughs> right. uh, so, I mean, that's, that's an, it, were there points of connection in there? I mean, there's the disconnect where you're all of a sudden he's passionate about music, but oh dear, this is what my son will look like if he gets into that. Oh yeah. So what, okay. what were the points of connection and especially growing up, just where was the spirituality in that? Um, I mean, I really, my dad was very passionate about his, his faith, you know, and although I would, you know, start to see a lot of like cracks in that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and like, this doesn't seem right. Why is this, you know, but he, he was very passionate, wanted me and my sister and my mom to really, um, you know, always go to church and always be thankful and, you mm -hmm. know, serve God. And, uh, so, I mean, and I really did. I mean, I, I really felt, you know, I, I had a lot of friends and I mean, I can't say for certain, but it really seemed like a lot of them would just go to church to get it out of the way. And I don't know, something to me was like, you know, this, there's something about this, you know, the, God is, it's not just, you know, checking the, the, uh, the book off, you know, because I went to mass on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my dad, you know, would kind of see 
that, you know, I knew that I had a sensitivity for God and, um, but yeah, we just, you know, I guess like any rebellious teenager and he's military and I'm just going the complete opposite direction. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of, there was a lot of disconnect for many years. We, you know, praise God later on, we did really, he saw, you know, this music thing was something, you know, and, and he actually um, came to a White Cross concert in uh, about 90, 94. We were in, we were playing in San Diego. And so he came to that show and we would always give like a, um, White Cross would always have, you know, a, a time where they would ask people, you know, an, an altar call, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, to, to accept Jesus. And I saw my dad in the line. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And he, so that, that was, that was pretty neat to kind of see it come full circle like that, you know, because wow. when I, yeah. when I really at 18, when I was like, okay, you know, um, that's when I like really said, I have to make, or I was through a friend, I really dedicated my life to Jesus. And like, this is a personal relationship. This isn't what I've grown up in, in the Catholic church. Although I know there's some great things I love about the Catholic church. But when I kind of did that and then I would be going to some other churches, oh my goodness. And <laughs> my dad was like, thought I was oh. join a cult or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the highway to hell. Yeah. So at what point, because yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking help. I'm thinking back to to lyrics. Was White Cross the first band that you tried to actually make a living at it or did you do stuff before that that was probably the first really yeah that was the first professional band i mean i was playing and locally with bands but nothing right. that a band that was signed to a label and touring yeah. yeah. So when I when I think back to those albums, you guys had very intense and deep lyrics. Like you weren't pulling punches. So here you are, a young man stepping into that. What? I mean, there it looked like a lot of faith on fire for you guys that you had something that you wanted to proclaim. There's a lot of proclaiming going on. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have to give um, Scott the singer and Rex the guitar player. They they started that band. And I think they came out like around 1987. And so that was their vision. They really wanted that the ministry was super important and like key for their band. You know, they definitely wanted the music to be, you know, up to par. And that was super important. But the ministry was equally and even more important. So I kind of stepped into that. Mm -hmm. So what was that like for you having, I just... Think about a lot of stages as a pastor where that's your living. Like, what was that like for you being a young man, passionate about your faith, but then you're also in the spotlight in a way that is not natural to any human being? (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, it was exciting because as a musician, that's your goal to get with, you know, a, a band that, has the opportunity to tour and and record your your own music and people coming out to see it and 
but then, you know, like you were saying earlier that, you know, White Cross was a band that you could bring to your, your friends. And, and when Striper came out, for me, that's when I would be going to my friends and going, okay, I know that Sweet Comfort Band probably wasn't your cup of tea, <laughs> but, check, but check this out. And man, they, they were like, wow. Mm-hmm. And so it, that it was when I heard Striper, I was like, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to use my gift for this army. Mm-hmm. You know? And, yeah. Was there any point where here you are with so many people around you, but that that felt incredibly isolating as you're trying to navigate your own faith and what it is to come into manhood? You know, it's funny, you know, that now that you say that, I think there was a lot of that happening because I was kind of just thrust into this machine that was kind of already going and trying to find my feet, you know, where I was in, in my faith. But I think it really, it really put me on like a good path is now like with this solo project, just stuff that I learned with White Cross, you know, they were, you know, wanting to be very bold or, you know, and just wanted to use their gifts for God. And so I'm kind of, that's just what I know now. You know, I was kind of schooled in that direction, I guess. Yeah. You know? So, so bridge that gap after you have this time with White Cross, which that was a long time. Um, where did you go after that? Um, about 1997 is when I left White Cross. Rex, the guitar player, he had already left. And uh, things were, you know, grunge had come into the scene. So it was like, it, it was hard for bands like White Cross and, you know, at that mm-hmm. time. And I joined a band called Curious Fools that was uh, signed on uh, Toby Mac. He had mm-hmm. a label. Yeah, I think yeah. he still does. Goatee Records. Goatee, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so we got signed to Goatee, and they were super excited about the band. I, I was too. It was almost like a, a cross between U2 and... Uh, smashing pumpkins or something i mean it was a really good band real Mm. real good songwriters and and so they were excited and i remember toby and the the guy uh it was toby's it was his brother-in-law who was uh kind of like the second in command at at the label Mm. at that time and they said man we are so excited about this we we're gonna push this thing big time and so i'm like going wow and then this girl came along. Her name was Jennifer Knapp. <laughs> and she got signed with them and got a big hit. And Curious Fools got shoved to the side. Yeah. That, so, Je- that Jennifer Knapp. Kansas yeah. came in and knocked you out. <laughs> How dare her. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my. Nice. Yeah. I, I, at that point, I moved. Uh, me and my wife decided to move to Dallas, where she grew up, like in that around that area. And and uh, I just uh, at that point, I was like teaching uh, drums at a at a local music store, playing in some local bands, and and yeah, thing. I mean, things were were good, but definitely missed playing on the road a lot. And, and then White Cross in 2007 decided to get back together and 
re-record the first album. And then we started touring a little bit again. And so now it's just like here and there, you know, playing Mm -hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. Nice. So then you have come up to this new project and some of it relates to adoption. I read, tell me about that. Adoption's important to me. So give it to me. Tell me the story. Have you, did you adopt? One of, one of my children is from Ethiopia. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. We adopted Tatiana from Kemerovo, Russia when she was eight. And, uh, can't imagine life without her. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, you know, we jumped into this thing, you know, they, I remember them telling us this is, this is not going to be easy and this is what's going to happen. And I thought, no, we'll shower (laughs) her with love. And it's going to be happily ever after. <laughs> Isn't it funny? You think love will conquer all. And you're like, yeah, love and a cross. But I always leave the cross part. So how old was she when she came home to you? She was eight years old. Oh, she was eight years old. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so we've got language stuff. Did she speak English? Exactly. No, she didn't speak a lick of English. Okay. We've got we, language stuff. We've got, she's got a, eight years of her process. Of, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, it's got to be, be like you're on Mars. You don't speak the language in this new world and you're with this family that you just met. Oh, I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, so I just, I want to know all the details of that, but we don't have time for all the details, but I'd like to know them. <laughs> so what, what, how many years ago was that? <clears throat> Tatiana is 22 now. Okay. And uh, she works at a Christian camp in Glorieta, New Mexico at the moment. And she's just, she's on her path. It's awesome. Wow. So great. Yeah. Wow. And do you have other kids? No, just Tatiana. Okay. What a cool thing. So one of the songs is connected to that story right yes so tell us a little about that one yeah that's uh, and the guy who produced this new album his name is matt bissonette and for those of you don't know don't know matt listeners and everything he he played uh with so many people right now he's he's a bass player singer songwriter producer but he's playing bass for elton john right now um but he's played with yeah, he's played with David Lee Roth, Rick Springfield, uh, Joe Satrian. I mean, everybody. Boz Skaggs. Mm-hmm. So he's he, he's big time. Great, great guy. Loves Jesus, and uh, and man, does he loves his his son. I mean, just adores his son. And his son is in the minor leagues in Pennsylvania. Uh, I forgot what the. It's under the pirates or something like that but so i sent him these lyrics that i had written about tatiana and i said the idea just came to me i was like man what if you wrote the second verse about your son Mm. you know this is about my adopted daughter the second one's about your biological son and then the end would be about how we're all god's adopted children and so it just the song, he's a brilliant songwriter. And it just, 
I was when he sent me the demo tape of it, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's awesome. And that is before time began. Yes. Which I, I didn't get the link to that one. So I only got to hear Joy of Life and I still believe. Okay. But uh that is you're putting out these songs that do people have to wait for the whole album or are we playing some of these on the podcast? Is that happening? Uh, if we can arrange so. the permissions, if you can, if you can give us permission to do it, yeah, we'll put them on. Okay. Awesome. I would love to. Okay, good. We'll put we'll put snippets of the songs on. Good. Awesome. Very cool. Princess far away in a castle by the sea. You knew she was the one before time began. Those angel lies alive. She traveled right on time. The heavens opened up. She arrived. If Jesus walked on. So then you also have uh, I Still Believe, and so that's obviously got to be connected with your past traveling around the world with your sergeant dad. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, that really, I mean, that when I was writing that song, I definitely pulled from all that my life. <clears throat> but the, the, the guy who kind of got this I mean, this solo project for me came out of left field. I mean, I, for my whole life, was so laser focused on my drumming career and, you know, trying to work that out. And, but I, I do, I'm on the praise band at my church and I sing all the time there. And I've loved singing. Um, and a mentor came up to me and said, you need to put out an album. And I thought, wow, that's really nice of you. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't think. <laughs> and, and then he really, he said, no, you really need to do this. He goes, and I'll help you. And I'm like, wow. And I, at, the, at that time, there was just too much stuff happening in my life. And I'm like, I, you know, I just kind of put it on the back burner. And then COVID hit and all my work was. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you had lots of free time. Yeah. Lots of free time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I so, jumped into it both feet. So but, what was that his, like trans transitioning into that headspace? I mean, that's a different, 
You've it, obviously oh. been a part of it, but not driving it. Absolutely. And I mean, just really focus, focusing and, and becoming like an artist. Mm. And, and it's just, I mean, it's just bizarre. I'm like going, man, God, I wasn't seeing that coming, but I sure am liking this. I, I am yeah. so curious how your wife responded to this because she's known oh. you as this kind of musician, but this is you putting yourself out there in a whole different way. What was her response? She loves it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I love, I, I love uh, the story of this new flowering of creativity in a whole new direction. Uh, at this point, let, let me ask you, how old of a guy are you? I am 55. Okay. And doing something brand new and different now. Yeah. Oh, right. I feel better already. Okay, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, but, but, but I'm sorry. And getting back to the, the question of the patriotic song. So the mentor said, mm -hmm. if you do this and I help you, he, he's a huge patriot, loves our country, loves God. And he goes, I sure would be happy if you could write a new patriotic song. And I was thinking, please tell me you didn't just say that. Because that, <laughs> that seems like the hardest thing to do. And he said, model it after Lee Greenwood's thing. And I'm going, oh my gosh, that's, that's so hard because it'll either come out super cheesy or I, I don't know, you know, but praise God. It really, I'm so proud of that song, how it mm. came out. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm thinking about the words and wondering what your dad would think of that song. Oh, man. Yeah, my, he would have been, he would have been really, really excited. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, tell us a little about the joy of life since, uh, People will get a snippet of that as well. Um, that, that was a tough one. That was just kind of going through a really dark period. I mean, I've struggled. And I guess we're all being real transparent. I've struggled with depression and mm -hmm. anxiety in my life a, a lot. And um, I mean, there was just some really dark times um and with that song and this this is where i really love matt bissonette and his the way we work together because i gave him these lyrics and they were they were sad they're dark you know kind of dark and uh i was just trying to be honest you know mm -hmm. how i was feeling at the time and and so as we were collaborating, you know, he goes, but he goes, look where you're at now. And he goes, so he turned it around where it's, this is where you were, but now look where God's brought you. Hmm. And so that a song that I thought was probably going to be more of like a, maybe like a ballad. Yeah. Sad you're, ballad. You're, you're, it's a happy song. Yeah. It was going to be your Morrissey <laughs> song for the album. <laughs> exactly exactly uh yeah. that's well, well it's kind of man, happy 
I was going to say for anybody that listens to that song, they will not believe that that is where that song came from. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite is, you know, like when, Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like in um, uh, Matthew 11, 22 through 25, you know, where, where Jesus is telling his disciples, men to speak to the mountain that you do it. And so that, that's where that, you know, in the chorus where it's saying, Jesus, give me the faith to move any mountain. And so I was glad to really, to get that in there. So for listeners who struggle with, with their own anxiety and, and depression, obviously that is a, such a rough one to walk through sometimes, especially in the church, since it's linked to faith, you just need to pray more. Just need to be happy. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength, brother. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. I go home and cry now. Uh, what are yeah. some of the things you you learned about navigating that? Well, I didn't. I didn't do too good navigating it for a long time. I think I would always just suppress it. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when you do that, then any little thing can you know the the bubble can, the balloon can pop. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think lately just trying to just keep my eyes on Jesus. I mean, because I would love to say I don't worry or get Mm -hmm. depressed anymore, but I'd be lying. Mm -hmm. And even with this um, project, as wonderful and as excited as I am about this more than I've been about anything musically in my life, it can get pretty stressful, Sure, you know, and, and I just seem to take my eyes off Jesus a lot and listen to the, the, you know, the devil man, just whispering all this stuff. And so I got to mm. keep going. So what, back. what does that mean? What does that mean practically for you? What does keeping your eyes on Jesus mean for you when you're like, wow, I'm listening to a whole lot of narratives that are not gospelicious. There's, yeah. there's no gospel in it. There's no hope. So how do you practically refocus? Great word. Refocusing. I, when I get really in those places that I don't want to be, I try and, and get by myself and just try and be quiet with God and really think of and even speak out loud some of the scriptures, you know, like, you know, in, in first Peter five, seven, I'm not one that, you know, memorizes tons of scriptures. There's like four or five that, (laughs) that I really have memorized that apply to my situations in first Peter five, seven is one casting your cares on the Lord. So I'm just kind of going, God, I'm really struggling right now. And I'm going to try and give this care to you. I'm probably going to take it back in about a minute, but um, help me to just leave it there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So beautiful. Yeah. You also mentioned that you have a mentor in your life. Have you always had mentors in your life or is that part of you kind of growing up and thinking, I, I need someone who has walked this road before me. You know, I've actually always kind of been a little bit nervous about having mentors because I didn't know if I would get someone who would lead me in the wrong direction. 
um, or I don't know. So I actually not until recently in the last two years did I really have someone that I could like share with and, you know, how has that experience been having someone to be totally authentic with they're your, they bear your burdens with you. They're your secret keeper. What was surprising to you about that journey in oh, unexpected ways? Um, and gosh, it sure lifts that, that weight off of you. Yeah. You know, just to get, get that out. And, and what I really liked about this guy that would really help me, you know, he would listen and he would say, you know what, man, I hear you. And this is some stuff that I've gone through and what I'm dealing with. And so it, it didn't feel like somebody looking down on me and, well, you need Mm -hmm. to pray more brother. It wasn't, it was like, man, let's pray together and let's try and lift each other up. And I, you know, and, and he would always tell me when you're feeling like that and it's hard, I'm, I'm trying to get better at it, but he's like, find somebody else to help, mm-hmm. you know, and get the focus off you, you know, and, and that does when you, when I do that correctly, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it does. It helps. Well, how can our listeners get in touch with what you are doing and get this music? What's the best way for them to connect with all these activities that you're so excited about? (laughs) Um, I have a website um, with my crazy name, michaeltheon.com. And the last name, (laughs) F-E-I-G-H-A-N. I wish I had the last name, maybe like Mike. Scott or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, then everybody would think of the office and think you're supposed to be goofy like Michael Scott. So spell that one more time because it is not, it's not spelled like it sounds. So one more no, time. Yes. Michael and last name Fian F is in Frank E I G H A N.com. And I have, um, the CDs and the links are on there, but all the music is also available. Well, this Friday it will be on all uh, digital platforms everywhere. Good. So, yep. Very cool. So exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Michael. This has surely been an enjoyable conversation. I've enjoyed just sitting here listening to the exchange between you and Aaron. Uh, well, I would love to. I mean, thank you guys. I love the genuineness, the realness. It's so refreshing. I'm like, I would like to just go kind of hang with these guys and chill with them. <laughs> well, come on right. and come on up to Nashville. You got to come from time to time for something musical, right? Right. Right. Okay. Well, let us know. We'll hang out. That'll be All right. great. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right, listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Finding it hard to be in the present To be in the now To enjoy the beauty around me And not to feel lost somehow It feels so hard to trust And be so out of reach Did I not keep close when you gave everything to me? There's a light that shines on through Even in the darkest day And a voice that calls to you Don't turn away Jesus, give me 
fun i enjoyed that <laughs> so you you actually you actually know the music you're in the era see i'm i'm uh, i'm a little bit older so i missed the whole white cross thing yeah i mean they were they were a hair metal band and just shredding guitars rex was an amazing guitar player i mean if you guys have spotify or just youtube some of this it's it's just fun and they yeah. had some really intense lyrics Wow. So I actually, when I was getting ready, uh, looking at the stuff you sent, because you actually told me ahead of time, like hours, who the guest was. <laughs> so I actually looked it up. And so when my daughter came down, I was like playing the songs and listening. And I'm like, oh, drummer for White Cross. And she's like, who's that? I'm like, well, let me go get the Bose Bluetooth speaker out, daughter. And I cranked <laughs> that up. And she just looked at me like I was really weird. Yeah, but I was okay. lip syncing, so I think that didn't help the weirdness <laughs> factor, but it was great. And you know what? I, Michael is just such a, you can just see on his face. He is a very sweet and yeah. genuine guy. Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. I need it on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. And to hear him talk about how helpful it is, uh, refreshing it is to have somebody to share your burden when you're in, uh, you know, the sloth of despond or when you're, you know, in the, in the valley and somebody who isn't going to talk down to you, uh, but somebody who's going to get in the pit with you. Uh, boy, I just, I so resonate with that experience. Yeah. It's great. The journey's ongoing. It's so cool to hear all these new experiences. And yeah. we can do it at any age. 
Wasn't that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we're close to the end of this episode, Aaron. Uh, We do want to remind our listeners uh, that they can always send us their feedback at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. And since this show will post fairly soon, there still will be time, hopefully. Although, you know, these, these shows are evergreen. For all I know, you might be listening to this in 2050 on Mars. But uh, if these uh, shows are evergreen, I yeah. feel like they're, yeah, that, that was just too nice of a statement. <laughs> Evergreens. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like lava. I, I don't know, but I'll think about that. Go ahead. Yeah. Evergreen. Yeah. Yes. You're listening later. You're on Mars. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. But, but if, if you are listening to it now. Yes. Oh, uh, sometime before October 5th, 2021. Or November 5th. Because oh, that's October right. November 5th, 5th is done. It's over. Okay, yes. November 5th, 2021. And you have not yet registered for the Samson National Fall Retreat in Eva, Tennessee. There may still be space, depending on how late it is. Uh, it's filling up quickly. Boy, I'm, I'm getting psyched for that weekend. It's going to be so good. Well, I think that does it for this week, Aaron. Uh, thank you again, by the way, you're such a great host and a great interviewer. Uh, I, uh, I just really, I enjoy hanging with you and listening in on the conversations you have with people. All right. Well, uh, until next thank time, you. yeah, until next time then, I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. And we are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com. <laughs>